Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome back to the Coach Steve Show podcast. Joining me today again is Zach Kyleman. He's back to discuss the Chicago Bears, unfortunately, about the Bears. Well, yeah. Being here about the Bears. It's (laughs) been a rough year. Um, If you're watching the video version, this comes out right after TSS Fantasy on Sunday mornings for the Belly Up pregame show. I don't know why I'm the only one with just a Bears one. People are like, what the hell is this? Why do we have to listen to the Bears? Um, so, you know, again, Zach Common, he's host of Gridiron Gallery. Uh, he's also on 4th and 4. He does probably about six other things. Uh, Japanese football, is that what you told me one time? Yeah, yeah. I, surprisingly enough, I do do some Japanese football coverage. It is uh, it is a it is a unique a unique uh, skew I do, but I'm 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 curious. I'm a very curious mind. New knowledge every time I get. That's a baseball yeah. place, not a football place. Oh, it, it is. It is. Football is like uh, I'm trying to remember. It was like it's like below top thirty for sure. Like it's it's not a heavily popular sport, but they play it. It's good quality football, even if it's a highest level is amateur. But you know. Uh, it's it's good quality football mostly mostly sponsored teams like not really city teams they're like company name teams usually so kind of like a club 
kind of yeah. like a club team. Like uh, there's one that's called they're called the Big Blue, but it's the IBM Big Blue. So, so I think Ireland's even getting football going over mm-hmm. there, and I believe it's the same thing where it's just guys that get together, and some business sponsors it, says mm-hmm. we will host it here. You guys will play because I know, like in Ireland and a couple other places, they want coaches, like American coaches, to come over and teach them like how to play. Yeah, well, if they get the right sponsors, I mean, they they'll pay you decent, or at least I understand at least living enough quality to go over there. So, oh. yeah, I mean, it that's that's the thing they do, <laughs> you know. It's, it, it's fun. It's fun. Hey, it's an adventure. You are Coach Steve, after all. They give me three hundred thousand dollars. I'll be right there. <laughs> there you go. Get on the negotiating table. <laughs> give me one hundred and fifty and buy me a house, and then I'll be there. There we go. Ah, uh, yes. The incentives. Put it on the list. My demands, good sir. I cannot go over there without you meeting these qualifications. And they have to get Matt Nagy fired somehow. If they can get all that done for oh, me, I well, will that go. that might be above the pay grade. <laughs> I'm afraid we can't do that. Have a nice day. I'm going to send you back to the sub to the suburbs of Chicago once you came. <laughs> I didn't say bring Matt Nagy with me. I said fire him. I'm not going to bring him. Why is he here? I'm going home. Well, that's probably where he's going to end up. He and Urban Meyer can fly over together. Yeah. Well, you know what? Okay. At least, at least, at least we haven't seen Matt Nagy do something like Meyer. So, like, there's, it's one of those things where I'm like, we've seen the long haul of this. This isn't like a dude that's instantly messed up or has a track, bad track record. It's just like, okay, it's time to move on. All right. You're a nice guy in person. We feel you, but you're just not doing the job. It's that simple. No hard feelings, pal, but we just need to move on, okay? That is true. At least there's no scandals. There's no right – because I put out a podcast episode about Urban Meyer, and mm-hmm. like, will he ever coach in college again? Because that was the first thing that got brought up. So I went over. I said, look at, look at all the red flags he's had, and I went through them at Florida and at Ohio State. And then I read an article, and I read it on the podcast. I was like – these should have been red flags when the Jaguars were looking at him. Like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> like, that was all, the, all these players that there was. I, I didn't even know. I knew he did things at Florida, and I had forgot about some of them. Some he made them wear boots so they wouldn't get drug tested because they wouldn't drug test injured people. <laughs> what? I didn't even know about that. Excuse me. <laughs> That's what the article said. It said like. It was on like NFL.com or Yahoo, so it wasn't like something outrageous. It was this article because it said the title of it was let's go down memory lane of like everything about Urban Meyer. And it said that it said that players would get drug tested because we know those Florida teams outside of Tim Tebow, what they did, like Percy Harvin, even like he was a part of it. And then he said you would see guys in boots or have crutches so they wouldn't get picked to get drug tested. And he knew. So he knew certain players that they're injured, they don't get drug tested. So they'd be in boots, they'd be on crutches. And I said, what? Wow. I did not realize this. Um, I mean, I knew that – that's one thing with Urban Meyer. I know, I know this is our, our show, your show here. You, we, you talk Chicago, but still like – it's just that it's so weird. You see the success, but also how unstable it seems like these teams are in terms of at least the Florida teams alone. You can go like, okay, that was, that was just freaking flying by the seat of your pants. Like it was volatile by nature. It was something was bound to happen. Ohio state. It was like, okay, eventually it unraveled, unfortunately, but like, you know, <laughs> Event, I just it's the guy has a track record, and yeah, I mean, I, Jacksonville probably should have considered that. I was, I think, I was along with many people. Where I'm like, why are we getting this guy besides the fact that he's just a big name, you know? So, yeah, that, that was my thing. I thought he was though, just for a big name, even though this is a Bears one. I'll talk anything NFL because the Bears, we 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 say the same thing over and over. It was fan sided where I found it. So I don't know how credible it is. 
but yeah, I mean, yeah, take it as you will. Um, I'm trying to find it. Like, like it said, Percy Harvin physically assaulted the wide receivers coach in 2008. Uh, Meyer reportedly covered up a failed drug test by saying players had injuries. Players were seen wearing walking boots to feign injuries and avoid drug tests. Um, then talks about Aaron Hernandez. We all know what he did. So stuff. Well, like yeah, we definitely don't have to go into that. <laughs> but stuff like that, and then talked about the scandal at Ohio State. You know, covering up for the coach. You know, domestic abuse, and that he knew about. He didn't know about it, but did. And then the text messages came out, and. Uh, health reasons he had to quit and then in the reports about what happened at the whiskey bar that type of stuff happened when he was at florida so all this stuff is circling around and so it's like if you're the jaguars you should have done research now again some of these are not proven innocent or proven guilty but just the fact that something's out there and even these reports about the players i said this i said you know some of it's probably not true it probably isn't but the but these type of reports, if it was like every four years, it'd be fine. But the fact that all of these are coming out within like two weeks of each other is like this exact thing is probably not happening, but something close to this is happening. Consistent you know? pattern. Right. That's, that's it. You know, it, tra- as you're saying, track record shows that maybe something will go wrong. My thing was, is that, you know, if he wasn't going to handle the stresses of college, well, because two hardcore severe from what we understand he was way beyond at least in terms of how how he treat how he treats his staffs at least or expects out of his staffs i didn't think it was going to fly in the nfl because you know i didn't think he was going to last for health issues again yeah and i also was thinking that you know you can't just like boss around people in the nfl these are professional athletes now they're not amateurs amateurs in college yeah, anymore yeah, yeah. and really you got to put that like nil deals make amateur really a quotation mark thing anymore for college so you couldn't let it fly around in professional you can't be that hard ass and like on people and trying to be extreme because that's going to get you nowhere especially as a first year coach you know the nfl is yeah. a whole different beast yeah it's not in college same. in college as the head coach you are in control of everything mm-hmm. everything NFL, you think you are, but you're not. You're not really. No, and I, I've i had two podcast episodes. I said, one, is it time for Urban Meyer to go? And then I, spoiler alert, this is pre-recorded because it's Christmas. So when this comes out, you know, we all have stuff going on. So spoiler alert, it's pre-recorded, even though it says live. And I don't care if people know. Um, it happens. <laughs> uh, today, as the time of this recording, I put one out, you know, talking about Urban Meyer and you know, I said, you can't. It's okay if you can't coach the NFL. It's fine. Nick yeah. Saban is an example. He could, but like I always tell people, I have a book because I'm a Nick Saban guy. Hold on. Uh, yes, Hold you on. you are an extreme Nick Saban fanboy. You got to read this book. Okay, but in it, it talks about pretty much wherever he's coached. And it talked about he was the defensive coordinator at the Houston Oilers, I believe. Yep, that's right. And there was a story, and I cannot remember the linebacker's name, where the players were like, is this guy really talking to us this way? And this linebacker, like, charged at him to, like, fight him in the meeting room. And, you know, Nick Saban is short. Mm -hmm. I guess he put up his fist to fight this linebacker in the NFL. Like, they were going to fist fight. But that was before he went to the Browns. So he learned under Bill Belichick, like, okay, this is how I talk to NFL players. This is how I do this. Then, you know, he tried the Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins were the last team to uh, shut out Tom Brady. I did, I forgot about that. But it's okay yeah. if you can't do the NFL. It's fine. You know, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, two best football coaches of all time. It's fine. Is that a is that fancy book mention him passing on Drew Brees? Probably. I'm sure it does. It's been like three years since I've read it. Well, I, I look hindsight's 2020. I'm not going to be that guy because back then it was different with Breeze and if he would be back to the level after the surgery. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm playing. But I think, I mean, you you can't write a book about your career like that and not at least touch on that. Oh no, he didn't write it. Somebody wrote it on him. Oh, okay. I I was thinking this was like a autobiography or something. 
No, I have this one. He wrote one on uh, how good do you want to be. It talks about how he made Alabama, Alabama. Oh, okay. okay. But then there's a good one called Fourth and Goal Every Day, uh, written by Phil Savage. And it goes into depth about how he learned what Bill Belichick does to build a culture and build a program and exactly what they do. Okay. And so, I mean, from that aspect, but yes, I read this whole thing on Nick Saban's life. Like when he won the championship at LSU, I believe it was either the one at LSU or the very first one at Alabama. They said he did his 30 minute talk to the media, looked at all the coaches and said, okay, meet me in the office in 10 minutes. They went in the office. Other coaches are getting drinks out. They're like, we just won the championship. He hands them all folders. And he goes, you're going here to talk to all these kids. You're going here. You're going here. You're going here. And they go, coach, we just won. And he uh-huh. goes, he goes, yeah, and we're a month behind in recruiting because we had to wait longer to play this national championship game. So go. We're behind. Okay. And then, like, I think it was a couple years ago, Bill Belichick, when they won the Super Bowl, they asked him about it. And he goes, yeah, we get less time off to recover. Like, we're going to be right back. Like, he even says that stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. it's all. And in the book, it's like Saban wouldn't even smile. Like, he couldn't sit there and be like, because he said, we're not done with the process. Like, yeah, we won the championship, but then it starts now. Like, the process sure. starts over again. So, I mean, this is, Nick Saban, this is Nick Saban podcast now. We're way off, <laughs> but it's okay. But, yes. The cycle repeats. Circle it back around. That's not what you see with Urban Meyer. His track record is completely different. And I said, he should have just never coached again. Ever. Because before yeah. before going to the Jaguars, you would have to put him up there as one of the best college football coaches of all time because of his – he never had a losing season as a head coach, ever. Mm-hmm. His worst yep. season was 8-5. Uh, and five. All the way back to Bowling Green. His worst record was 8-5, and five, I think, with Florida his last year. Like, that's his worst record he ever had as a head coach. And you just tarnished it now because you went to the Jaguars. So now everything you do is multiplied times ten. Well, yeah, so, he had a good he had a good gig at Fox Sports as an analyst. So I, I actually liked it. It was like the playbook with Urban Meyer, and he like showed everything. It was great. Mm-hmm. He had a good gig, you know. And I, I don't I don't knock him. I guess if he was curious, but it's just like. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner everything everything he tried with like either old mentality or bad habits from the past it seemed that are now being that publicized even more than they were prior just happened to be amplified in the worst way and i know that and one of the instances i know you have his family defending him on social about it i'm like that's fine he's probably he's different as a family guy i get it but like if you got a whole team reporting on stuff like that i mean this stuff is happening. Like that's, you know, you can't just wipe down the rug, you know, dude kicks a, kicks a guy in practice. Yeah. That's a problem. Dude berates his assistants and call has to have them, uh, you know, defend their job status. That's a problem or tell them they're worse than their, than his college years at Bowling Green, that his assistants at Bowling Green were better, you know, which I'm not saying that's an insult to Bowling Green as a program, but like Bowling Green compared to an NFL pro NFL institution. Yeah, pretty sure that's still an insult in the grand scheme, depending on how you're how you got there in yeah. a in a raw staff. Those are pro- that's you can't do that. Okay, yeah, you just you can't bring those habits to the game. You had to adapt. You didn't adapt. Yeah, and, and yeah. I, again, this is embarrassing, but now you got me on this topic, and I love it because mm-hmm. that's easy. fine. I put, I put podcasts out, and it's just me talking, like. Me and my friend do a Geek Corner one where we talk about Marvel, and we can't. Sure. We're, we're not going to record it till after Christmas. But I've seen Spider Man twice. I've seen it once, going twice within this next week. So I saw it opening night. I went to. I got home at like midnight. It's fine. It's whatever. 
Then I went again Sunday because it was so good. So I told my oh, friend man. we could record one after Christmas, but I can't help it. So I have to do it myself. I have to get this off my chest. You'll see a spoiler one coming out here in like two days. I have to. It's I have to talk about it. But anyway, <laughs> the thing with Urban Meyer and the thing with the kicking thing, I said, I try to go back and say, okay, can we defend Urban Meyer in anything? Like, is anything made up? Mm-hmm. And whatever player he got into it with, I remember after they asked him about it, he said he denied it. And then he goes, yeah, literally we got into an argument. We talked about it, worked it out. And I guess they joked and was like, yeah, we can't talk. We can't even talk in the hallway anymore because it gets on the news saying that we hate each other. Mm. And then the kicking, the thing with the kicker came out and I said, you know, what probably literally happened was Urban Meyer was messing with him. You know what I mean? But, and this kicker probably hated him. And he and I said, he could have taken advantage of all the other reports saying, I'm going to make him look bad. But again, these reports don't happen to Bill Belichick. These reports don't happen to Tom, you know, Tom on the Steelers. You don't see him with Pete Carroll. You don't see him with Nick Saban. So then I'm like, these have got to be true or at least part of it's true. Right. And then, if it isn't true, you would have seen the players come out and say that never happened. But they all kept their mouth shut. Yeah. Yeah. I think the one argument you're referring to is Marvin Jones, by the way. Because yes. yes. the whole report was that he went home, he refused multiple times to come back and was threatening to not come back at all. And they finally convinced him to come back. So... Yeah, I mean that it looks bad, and I it, sure we can talk about reporting ethics and all that in Jackson or with Jacksonville and how stuff is leaking out or how things are getting to said reporters in that area. But ah, truth is, there's probably enough of it that is true. You get that many reports, some some of it's got to be credible at some point. You yeah, know? like because like if if this report if one of those came out this year and he he kept his job and then maybe one of these little ones come out next year be a little bit of a red flag, but it's like, okay, NFL coaches argue with the players all the time. They're adults. Sure. You know, they're all, um, um, my God, I'm so old. I can't even think about it. They're alpha males. There we go. They're all alpha yes. males walking around. There you go. It, it is what happens. Like how many times I'm sure Bill Belichick has gotten arguments. I'm sure they all have, uh, look at the 85 bears, for example. Oh like, yeah. I mean, two sides fighting each other in practice because that's the culture that they set up because you had, because you had, of course, buddy Ryan wanting to, well, buddy Ryan just didn't like Mike Dick. Dick, I don't think really liked buddy, but the, the culture of that whole scheme was, is that the defense had its own coach essentially and their guy, they backed and, you know, Dick had everyone else. And so it would lead to stuff like that. But it made the practice more aggressive, and it, I guess in a way, from everything I've ever heard, it made them come together. That's kind of a weird way of doing it. We don't see that happen much anymore, if at all. No. That I'm aware of. But, that was probably a bad you know. example by me. Times have changed, like with social media and the way the media is. Cause mm-hmm. like, but I don't think even Ditka and them would like be ready to play and go up and kick them like that or say, like, you no, know, like, no. I'm the head coach. I can do what I want. Or... Mm-hmm. And then it, it does look weird when you take your running back out, put in your Ohio State running back that you coached, and it look it does not look good with that. And then, then Trevor Lawrence coming out and and basically kind of I'm paraphrasing saying like there's a new energy in the locker room now, and that does not help you when you've got your rookie quarterback who's supposed to trust you come out and be like, yeah, it feels good in here now. So like, I knew either Urban Meyer would get fired or die on the field. Like one of the two things were going to happen. Well, I think, I think they were holding out really long. I mean, his contract was kind of nuts. It wasn't John Gruden levels of like 10 year, like hundred million dollar deal nuts, but it was still a lot of cash they were throwing at him. So to me, I was, I was 50, 50, as long as nothing happened the rest of the season, like as long as no extra crap came up, like the kicking thing, if it never came up and they just coasted through the end of the year and maybe, from what it looks like they're going to be on track again to get another number one pick, yep. you know, coast yep. through the year, get another year under your belt, say, okay, we had a rocky start. Maybe it's his coaching style. It's just not meshing well with normal players. Maybe a second year they buy in, but no, it, it kept escalating 
and at some point you just can't let something continue to be a train wreck for too long. Like you got to pull, you got to pull the plug when you get yeah. a chance. And that kicking scenario, it actually came out. It's funny. They reported he was going to be fired anyway. It's just that it happened to drop the day of him being fired. So, or at least that's what they want to tell you. Could be oh, wrong yeah. too. You know, that might yeah, be I think the they said they wanted, they wanted to fire him. And then that came out. And they're like, Oh, we have to do it now. Like yeah. right now it's gotta happen. Can't we can't keep holding on, you know? So like the Bears at least don't have that. Again, Matt Nagy's been a good guy. Like he's been a really good guy. I like the personality of him. You know, players love his personality. So like our problem with that is more of, and as what we saw on Monday Night Football, it's just not a competently run side of the ball that we aren't getting promised what we were delivered. You know, we, we were promised an offensive guru. We got one season of a guy that was pretty clever, that seemed clever and was getting plays off that maybe the NFL wasn't ready for. And then I don't know if it was overthinking or if it was just, you know, a focus of I want to pass and be as much of KC as possible. But, you know, this year it's kind of a similar deal. And, you know, I know you can say that, you know, other mistakes of a young Justin Fields or, you know, maybe just incompetence with some of the issues on the line could be in play, but it's just not working. You know, it, we saw in that fourth down and one, we saw in one of the fourth down and one calls, one where Fields is scrambling for his life and loses four on the right sideline, like in late in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter. And it's like, guys, you have been running between the 20s easily all night with Montgomery. Why are you not leaning on this right here? Or the, uh, and I, or, Actually, that was the play that he was that Montgomery wasn't in. They had to bring him out for a helmet issue. They rushed the play. They put Mooney in the backfield. And the result was a sack. It was a play action pass they were trying to do. It was covered up beautifully by Minnesota, but they didn't call a timeout. That's a coaching they, problem. They didn't call a timeout, or like you and I have said probably three times in a row, where's Herbert? Where's, like, where's that Herbert? Guy, that guy would get you the first down, guaranteed. Oh, why has he been relegated to the sidelines? We've talked about this on on these episodes too much. There is a there is a clear cut two prime primary back scenario in Chicago. Why is that not being used more? We keep coming back to it. No, yeah, because it used to be Montgomery and Cohen. Those were the two headed mm-hmm. monster. And then when Cohen's out, okay, it's all going to go on Montgomery. Fine. He got faster this year. He worked with a trainer that one of my buddy knows that lives in the suburbs. He got like two yeah. miles an hour faster. And we've seen it. When he breaks away, he's he's gone. But he gets hurt. Herbert does a great job. He get he got us what, eighty to hundred yards a game while he was yep. out. Absolutely. Then Montgomery comes back and you don't see him. Now you made a good point to me that the last time or one other time. If he's hot, you gotta give him the ball. And I thought about it and I was like, Yeah, that's true. But in these situations where if you're not gonna call a timeout, You've got to be able to look and say, that guy can get us two yards. It's fourth and one, but he'll get us two, and we'll be good. And we have Justin Fields in the backfield, so they got to pick one to defend. It, it just that, that encapsulated just some problems I have with, like, okay, well, your personnel, like, all right, well, if it's not working and you have to rush it, maybe you shouldn't rush it, you know? If it's looking chaotic, it's probably chaotic. Call a timeout. You have those reserved pretty well. You know, you have the resources. If you need a different running back in for, you know, equipment issues or injury, you have some quality talent behind you. Throw him in. You know, I would think Justin Herbert would be set on the sidelines, ready to go at any moment instead of sitting Mm -hmm. on the bench. Like, just find the kid, throw his ass in there, and then use him to get the down. He's big enough to do it. Why are you trying to rush this or adjust on the fly and you know what maybe the bootleg works if they don't have it covered up but at that point in the game the vikings knew he was going to try and run for it if he couldn't get the bootleg so they covered it up beautifully and they snuffed it out so it was that simple because he he wasn't out with the COVID protocol i don't think i don't think herbert was out no no he was herbert was on the field just not as much often and really the offensive side wasn't affected much at all i mean andy dalton was out for COVID issues and you had bill laser but you know, besides that, we knew Mag- Nagy is going to call plays most likely at some point in the game. You and I have talked, and it, you know, it, it wasn't really offensive wasn't even affected. Like you know, they defensively in the secondary they were ravaged, but they came to play. It's just 
can't get anything in between the like 20, yeah. 25s of each side of the field. It just seems like it's a mess for them. Because when you're what a happens on Monday. Yeah, when you're a defense and you hold a team to 17 points in the NFL, you put yourself in a spot to win and yeah. you're doing your job. But it's the same old song and dance. Like last year when Nagy called out the defense and we're like, why are you calling them out? Like, good question. Think, <laughs> why are you doing that? Because they're doing their job. They're getting takeaways or holding teams between 10 to 20 points, somewhere in that range. And they're on the field too much. And I've, I said this in 2018 into 2019. I said uh, during the 2019 season, I didn't have a podcast yet, but I am on the record somewhere in life where I put this defense is going to get old. These players yes. are going to get old. And it's happening. Max getting hurt. Hicks is getting hurt. Jackson's been hurt. Like they're starting to get banged up and they can't play to that level all the time. So you have to put an offense out there to help them. Is it. You're talking age, you know, Robert Quinn is now up to 16 sacks and is most likely going to pass Richard Dent's sack record at this point of 17 and a half. I mean, talk about, talk about Nate, talk about a guy that's come up this year and talk about, a, I won't say wasted, but boy, it sure feels like when you're four and 10 and you're seeing you're seeing de- you're seeing out there Quinn dominate on a weekly basis and give you the best chance to win. That does feel like it's just it's such a drain to me. You know, guys up to 16 sacks and is playing at the best level of his career since he was in his early years with St. Louis. And he's not going to be able to get extra credit to show for it except oh look, <laughs> if my offense can't bail me out when we get easy turnovers, you know. Yeah, they're- like that's the story of the Bears, you know. I mean, when we went to the Super Bowl years ago, we had at least an offense that could get us some points, like competently, and the defense carried us. 2018 was the same thing. Like we have this defense that can carry us. The offense is competent. Now we have a defense that's been good for a couple of years, and we have no offense that's competent. And Robert Quinn in the first half of the Packers game, well. Both defensive ends for the Bears, Quinn, I can't remember who's on the other side. Uh, Gibson be the other one. Gibson. They kicked the Packers' tackles ass the whole first half they did. They did. and put pressure on Rodgers. Rodgers didn't want to run because of his toe. You could tell right from the get-go. And the way he was throwing it was kind of awkward, but he's still able to do it, the bastard, but it's fine. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fan of him until we play him. Fan of him oh, yeah. Oh, him. yeah. Oh yeah, no. I mean, he 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 dazzles me, and then I just I have to sit down and take my beating every every two two out of every seventeen or eighteen weeks, depending on how it's been. You know, now we have to 18. pay him. He's a landlord. We have to pay him rent too, which exactly. I don't like. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Uh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Got to pay him rent. We got to do his taxes. We got to do everything. He owns us, so... Like the one where he threw literally off his back foot. It was like third and 18 or that long third down. He threw off his back foot, went right over our guys' fingertips to 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 uh, 
lasered, I think. And I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God, how did he do that? <laughs> oh, Lordy. That uh, one kills me. You know, the, and the, defensively, I mean, look, look at look at Monday night. You know, they had they had mo- pretty much their entire starting secondary was out. I mean, we're talking Eddie Jackson. Really, both sa- both safeties were out. So we had Jackson and and, of course, Gibson as well that were not starting. Jalen Johnson's not there mm-hmm. as well. And nor is Artie Burns. You had all four pieces sit out this game. And yet you likes of Dion Bush and even Kendall Vildor, surprisingly, and I've really ripped on Kendall Vildor either on <laughs> or off this show. I really, I still like that Vildor to me still should be let go this year if they have a chance. But the fact you had them prepared, you know, against a Minnesota team that coming in, really needs this game they still won of course but that was a for an effort chicago you really feel like this game should have been another they should be five and nine right now yes you know the defensive effort alone i'm like how did we not walk away with getting at least another win and then seeing espn and or these guys casually keep us in the hunt we're not in the hunt by the way no my my friend people keep saying that's like okay we're second to last but it just that that is so it's irking, you know. And you have another chance against a team in the Seahawks who are like even more fringe in the hunt coming up this weekend. But I'm wondering, like, what are we gonna what are we gonna get out of the offensive side? You know, that's because uh, Russell Wilson. I mean, if you can attack him, that that'll help. But you know, you don't get that same familiarity the way you do with Minnesota. That helps you guys out a lot. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, because during that, what was it, five-game losing streak? Somewhere yes. in there, they put up the playoff picture, and they said, the Bears, are, like, I saw the Bears picture, and I'm like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> but And they're like, well, it's like last year where you guys squeaked in at 8-8 eight eight or whatever, and I said, we had no business being there. We should have never been there. The NFL had changed its rules that one year in a tradition. I've told this to, like, two friends of mine. They're like, but you guys made the playoffs. Don't let go of Nagy. My guy, we would have missed it last year for the second straight year in a row if the NFL didn't decide they wanted more money. <laughs> yeah, that is the only reason we are in because of money and the Cardinals somehow finding a way to have everything go wrong in the final three weeks of the season. Yeah, and the only thing we got out of it was Trubisky being the Nickelodeon MVP. Like that I, I don't know about you, but I don't see like Minnesota's got a hard road. Okay, like they do because they got Green Bay and. Also, uh, L.A. coming up to end the year. But here's the deal. They've beaten Green Bay already this year. It's not impossible. It's it's just going to be in Lambeau, so it's going to be harder. You know, L.A., okay, whatever. And then Chicago again. You know, and then you also think about it this way. I don't see them, Washington, Philadelphia, and New Orleans all saying, yeah, we don't want to be in there this year. You go right ahead. You know, or even Seattle. Like, I... I don't even know, like Seattle, I think is winnable next this week, but I'm not saying that we're going to, because I think they're desperate too. So yeah, I mean, they're, they're they're right at the tail end. We're realistically out. So yeah, yeah, you know, getting to the Seahawks part, it's going to go one of two ways. It's who's more, the Seahawks are desperate to make a push to try to squeak their way in. The bears have nothing to lose now true so for the bears it's gonna go one of two ways we have nothing to lose so are we just gonna play and ball out and just just whatever or are they gonna have people not play because there's nothing to play for and yeah i mean i think uh for me at least i think you're gonna see you're gonna see what we saw against minnesota and what the uh, Monday Night Football crew kept bashing into my skull. The, these, I will say one thing about the the guys on Monday Night Football. They're a better crew than they have been in years past. But some stuff they do not let go too easily, or they linger way too much on that. It, that kills me. Like the uh, they're fighting hard. You know, they're not giving up. I'm like okay, I get it. Like they they like Matt Nagy. Like you don't have to keep saying it every three plays. <laughs> that they're fighting hard for this guy. Like, that's a normal thing that you'll hear Lewis Reddick or Brian Greasy just shove in there as color commentary. So I'm going to say it. They're probably going to fight hard for this guy in Seattle mm-hmm. because they like Matt Nagy. He's a player's coach. He's not a good 
form, former scheme coach. He's not good with his offensive prowess or, you know, handling certain aspects of in-game play, but he's a good players coach. He relates to them better. So they're going to fight hard for him. It's going to be a close contest. And I think this is pretty, I think it's winnable. Seattle's been kind of a dud this year. It'll depend on if Russell Wilson continues to show him being up to speed, like he has somewhat been getting at in recent weeks. So, you know, if Russell Wilson cooks and it's not like say the 2018 matchup where they just snuffed him out, then we're done. We're done. So, and if you can't get like Jalen Johnson or Jackson or Gibson back, that might be a problem. Although I think they'll be back in time. If I were to make the assumption correct. Yeah. Cause the, I hinted at on my podcast, I'll get in trouble with the COVID changes of the NFL. I was just like, how mm-hmm. dumb is this? But I'm going to go along with it. I could see them being back. Uh, yeah. Cause it, it, it even changed since Nagy got tested positive. Like he couldn't come back, you know, for the 10 days or whatever it was. Now I think it's, they can come back within the next day. Like it just depends. Yeah. They were to the asymptomatic type of stuff that they're putting in now. Yeah. So if, hopefully if we should mitigate some things. <laughs> I can't keep up with all the changes. Uh, yeah. Just watch Pat McAfee's show with Aaron Rodgers. You'll hear it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if our defense is full go and Quinn keeps playing the way he is, if Hicks is clogging up the middle, they can pressure Wilson. Their offensive line struggling too, just like the oh, Bears. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They got opportunities. They got him. And then we need Matt Nagy. We need Laser to come back and Matt Nagy not to call any any play whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, I mean, this is a game you're going to rely, if they didn't learn their lesson about, you know, finding ways to rely on the run enough, which they did in between the 20s, they just didn't really do it enough when they got into the 20s against Minnesota. Now, I think that's even more crucial because Seattle's shown as of late that their secondary has gotten improvements over the over the season. They've been getting better. Jamal mm-hmm. Adams actually got interceptions, this has interceptions this year, <laughs> but you know, they aren't a slouch fully on that end of the ball. And Fields, as you we have seen, is not completely prone to making mistakes at the times. There there are a few, there were at least two to three, there are at least two sacks that I remember on Monday that I'm like, no, dude, you need to learn from this like fast, man. Next year you yeah. can't have stuff like that. You know, because he's a scrambler. Not saying it was all like a Trubisky play, but there were a few Trubisky-esque like scramble plays where I'm like, dude, just throw it away. Just it's it's done though. Like, don't don't play hero ball. Just live another day, you know, move on from it. <laughs> yeah, because faster than Mitch. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's the one thing they said about him was um he holds on to the ball too long. And Andy Dalton, that's kind of why he got the start. Not the main reason, but one of them. Where yeah. he could like throw it quicker, and you saw that, not kind of this game. He holds on to it. He thinks he can run. This is NFL. This isn't you playing Indiana or Purdue or whatever. This is these dudes are the best. They're fast, and you kind of saw it with the Packers. Like on that pick six, he was trying to throw it quicker. So when he throws it as quick as he can, he's he can't read it yet. He can't. Mm-hmm. And that was my big knock on him at Ohio State. He's a one rate quarterback. Maybe two, depending on who he's playing, and he's got to get to the next. Like he's got to be progressive. The progression, he and he just holds on to it because he knows he can escape. Yeah, like you said, there are certain times where he's got to feel and go. I can't take the sack. I just got to overthrow the, the over the head of somebody. I have to throw it out of bounds. Or if you're going to take off, just take off immediately to where you at least right. get well, three yards. Well, one of the two sacks I'm referring to, you can't get sacked on a screenplay. Like. throw throw it at the feet of whoever you're throwing it to and i thought that was crazy and that was the one i think that got me the most because there was another one he just tried to save it too much and turn the wrong way and eventually defenders caught i'm like okay fine you know that one maybe was that was a bad one but the screen taking a sack on the screen is the worst possible one it's like the sim you know you're gonna get hit so just get rid of it as close as you can I guess don't take the sack on a screen if you are able to avoid it. That, that was one. That was it. But like, you know, it's all like it's all offensive pieces that just like we keep bashing on. Like defensively on Thursday, you know, how much more can you ask? 
you know, and Seattle's going to be the same way. Are we going to see another game like that? How much more can you ask? In right. That right. You know, I feel so bad for the defense. There's times this year that the Bears defense has played bad. They have. Mm-hmm. But there are times where they play very good and they're getting banged up. And like you said, coming in when you, what, what was there? 14 players were out and a lot of them were yeah. defensive guys. Yeah. And they still step up without the defense coordinator. Your whole not- secondary is not there. Your whole secondary is not there. The leader and Max not there. Yes, Akeem Hicks played, but he's not healthy. He's just, when he feels okay, he's going to play. Mm-hmm. And linebackers, oh my God, the linebackers have been banged up all year. And they still showed up and played. And the offense is not returning the favor consistently because it's play calling. But the offensive line, our left tackle, is 39 years old. Yeah, you know, we put in a rookie against the Packers, and he had two penalties within like two minutes. Let me let me ask you about one of those penalties, by the way, because there was there's a big stink about it was one where Fields is running out of bounds. He gets pushed before he goes out of bounds and falls down, and he gets called for a personal foul because he tried to defend his QB, which I understand completely. It's just that everyone then looks at Jermaine Effetti for pulling him away and yelling at him for doing that. You as a coach. Do you do you do you like the that do you like that Jenkins did that even though it caused the penalty and it wasn't really I don't know like I guess I'm asking like were you okay with that penalty or were you with the Fetty where you're like that was kind of a dumb move I get the defensive part because I was a center so I understand defending your QB but also there's a time and a place and a situation I think too. Yeah, I think it depends. Like in his mind, if he sees that and he thinks that was egregious, like he thinks that Justin Fields could have been hurt, he thinks that. As a coach, you're probably like, at the time you're mad at the penalty, then you actually look at it. So at the time, you're probably mad. At the exact moment in time, you are probably very upset because it's a penalty. Yeah. But then when you go back and watch it, you're probably like, I like that you defended the quarterback and you'll take it. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. So it's both at, at that point in time, you are pissed. Now I think it had to be more egregious than it was. If it was way more egregious, like if it was like a helmet to helmet out of bounds, you as a coach, you're like, yep, go, go, go do that. So that's probably not the answer you're looking for, but yes and no, like, in, no, it's okay. <laughs> like, well, like for me, if it was me, I'd probably be mad right at that moment. Cause we got a penalty. Like now we're pushed back. Then as soon after the penalty is, you know, marked off, I'd probably be like, I understand. I would pull more back. I know why you did it. And I appreciate you defending your quarterback. So it's probably yeah. both. It's it's both. It's yeah. Don't get I, caught. You shouldn't get caught type of thing. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> like I, I get the defense. I I understand. It's just I felt that the like there to me, I know this is a tangent here, but like there were one too many people where where it's like, oh yeah, I mean, I would easily taken the penalty. Jermaine Fetty is an idiot for and is a coward for doing that. I'm like, I don't know, man. The dude, like the dude was pulling away a rookie who was, who was probably needing to be stepped aside before things escalate even worse is how I looked at it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I get defending your QB. I really do. I'm just saying that, you know, if the game flows going where you're being penalized left and right for personal fouls, maybe it's best that in a situation where your QB, I mean, wasn't say hit in the head, which by the way, the Anthony Barr, foul i was like okay maybe that's where you should react yeah because it seemed like there was a little underreaction to that compared to like what that push was i'm like what's the situation guys like how about we do it then i'm okay with penalty then not like when he he gets pushed out of bounds on something that was to me is a it's a legal play you know that's it so i don't know random tangent it's just like it's also comes into tevin jenkins's discussion because he's been penalized is his first to start or his first start lat this on Monday and he was brought in for Peters against the Packers and it's been a mixed bag of course but yeah his first few times so like you hope it's just early going type of issue that's probably why he was yelling at him like pick and choose when you're going to do this that's probably what he was yelling about like that's what i hope it is you know not like uh you don't do that because i don't think anyone would say that if you're a lineman like it's just ridiculous you know right i think that's what that was like you're talking like pick and choose your battles you know yeah right like that's why i wonder if jenkins thought that was 
enough for him. But again, he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. But maybe he thought that was enough. I don't know. But yeah, should have I mean, waited. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, it's just another thing, I guess. But that's a development as we're into the we're not eliminated yet, but we're pretty much eliminated. It's more about evaluation now. So like he's going to probably play the rest of the year. You would think. So yeah, he'll, he'll play the rest of the year. Uh, I was, I didn't know if he was going to be ready to play this year. Uh, I'm surprised that he did that. That's what I think is amazing. But that's why they need what we said before recorded that the bears have to get rid of everybody. And what I mean, and one of my friends told me this, this isn't the first time the doctor and the scout misevaluated somebody or doesn't give all the information. Mm. So if they clean house, they've got a clean house yeah. with the Bears. Now I'm jumping the gun here before the Seahawks, but I just have to say that like if they're going to clean house, like I said, I said this from the get-go, you keep the day, game day crew, the people that work on the field, that work the game day stuff, they've got to keep their job. That They have nothing to do with them winning. Right, right. Let, let's calm down. You nothing. know, You know, that's different. That's the marketing department. That's whatever. But the doctors have to go. The scouts have to go. Uh, general manager has to go, unfortunately. Then the head coach has to go, and he'll find another job. That's the, the thing. They will find jobs. Sure. Somebody's going to hire them. Mm-hmm. Matt Nagel will probably end up back at Kansas City as like an offensive assistant. I guarantee he'll end up back. It's going to be the just, kicker. <laughs> yeah. that's And they just got a clean house. The doctor misevaluating Jenkins was like the last straw of like, how did you not know there was a back issue? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, the off season's here, the preseason's here, surgery. Like what? Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. It's been a couple it's been what, how long since the draft and now it's back surgery? Yeah. Lost time. A lot of lost time. And like you said, with the new rule that they can start talking to coaches, like I know a part of the Bears ownership is probably like, what's the point in firing Nagy now or not making the playoffs? Might as well just let him finish it out, which I understand. But at the same time, you have to like set that present of like, Hey, we're looking for a coach. Like, and I almost don't like the talking behind the guy's back either. So this new rule of like, you can reach out to coaches that looks bad too. Cause what if it gets out? Luckily it's a one year experiment right now. And I wonder if that's going to be the, your problem is like, it just causes more paranoia in discourse for the current organization. If you're like, like how, how do you hide that from a coach? Like, do you just flat out tell them like we're bringing in people, by the way, just letting you know your job might be on the line. Like imagine doing that two weeks before the season's over and you're like, excuse me. <laughs> well, that's uh, I was very critical on the um, this is not NFL. I was very critical on the, the way Miami handled Manny Diaz. Oh, yeah. and, and someone yeah. said someone didn't come after me, but said. I put out there saying like the drama in Miami or like whatever, cause there is. And they said, what do you mean? And I said, well, how would you feel if the report came out saying, Hey, we're talking to Cristobal. If he doesn't take <laughs> it, you can keep your job. But if he wants it, you're fired. And they said, what's, and the, the person was like, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with them wanting this coach, but then knowing if they can't get him, they still have a coach. And I said, well, if I'm a coach and I'm looking at, the way you're doing that, that's a red flag to me of like, what are you going to do to me? Right. I think Chris Ball was a great hire. That's, I mean, that's, you know, that's his school, but that's a red flag and you're doing it without an athletic director. And oh, I've seen yeah. that. Did, he I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that part of this whole equation. Yeah. That was before they hired the Clemson athletic director. Oh, Jesus Christ. That mm-hmm. is even worse. Yeah. So this is the, the president or the chancellor or whoever that's doing this or the board of directors that's doing this, making these decisions or assist athletic director, whoever they didn't hire the guy yet. So this is Miami doing this. And I've seen this where like it happened at Illinois. Uh, Beckman had gotten fired. Cumbent got hired. And I, I can't remember if that was without an athletic director or something, but then that either it was, I thought the director left and they gave him this four-year deal of $20 million, whatever it was. I can't remember. At some point, there was no athletic director. They hire Whitman. Next day, Cubit's fired. Like, that day. Oh, my God. But that's because yeah. it's a new athletic director. It's like he wants – he brought in Lovey Smith, not saying it worked out. But, like, at the time, <laughs> sure. he was like, he was like, oh, you know, I want my own guy. So you're yeah. – 
now this guy, the athletic director, he's not going to fire Cristobal, but you're hiring this guy without him. So that's just my little rant of that's what that looks like. So in the NFL, could you imagine if like next week they call somebody, what if that person's friends with Nagy or something and the word gets back to him like, hey, they called me about being the Bears head coach next year. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about. Now, I can understand if you fire Nagy and then you're allowed to start calling people or whatever, but like if he's there. Well, that's the argument for this, I think, is like it leaves you a better door for just letting your coach go. Well, especially if the rule is implied that you start the season with the coach that you are firing or talking behind to fire, that's fine, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Like to me, that just opens the door for like, okay, it's more acceptable to like a coach go early in the year, you know, two weeks period to get going that you're confirmed that you can start talking to people. Yeah. Get it going, man. Like, you know, why, why not? But otherwise make it an awkward ballerina dance around trying to hide who you're talking to. Like that's, that's, that's so weird. Like my, my college comparison to me is anything LSU's done in recent years where, you know, it's like. And Orgeron, oh, you, uh, no, you, you were a big time guy. Ah, screw you. We're going to go and get Brian Kelly. You know, you, you were, your pedigree didn't matter at all. You know, we, we want you out the door possibly before the end of the year. Maybe we want you out this year. You know, your status really isn't secure after just a year away from getting that big national championship trophy. Don't matter. We'll talk about it openly. We'll let you know. We're looking for people right now. Yeah. yeah, just just so you know, you can stay here, but then you and then it's like you can't go. You you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. That's that thing. Like you just can't stay here. Freaking closing time song playing. Semisonic is in the background. What's going on? <laughs> That's a good comparison too. And those are red flags there. And the Brian Kelly was a, I call it a panic hire, is what I call that. Oh sure, sure. Sure it is. I mean, hey, it's the same as his uh, panic accent. Yeah. I'm from the South. I'm one of you. <laughs> it just goes back to the office where he is. <laughs> like, imagine, oh, my God. Imagine you have, like, uh, oh, say, if, let's do a comparison type of thing. You hire, uh, Mike, okay, Mike Tomlin somehow becomes available, comes to Chicago, somehow gets a, stereotype Chicago and accent. I'm one of you guys. Don't you understand? <laughs> he starts doing that somehow. <laughs> He's on a conference call with the media in Chicago. <laughs> there was a picture of, of Brian Kelly after that. Like it said like today and it showed Brian Kelly with the microphone from his thing. And it said like, Next month, it's a picture of Ed Ogeron. That's what he's transformed into. <laughs> and then it shows a picture of the of the guy in the straw hat from Waterboy. That's oh what my. it showed. Like that's what he will be in the start of the season. Oh wow! <laughs> you know what? Another one would work. I'd replace the straw hat guy. Put him with the put him with the uh, the the guy that is from uh, Axemen, who was the river logger. He he's a he's from Louisiana as well. I don't know if you ever watched Axemen, but like mm -hmm. due to the same draw, like you got half the time you didn't know what he was saying, man. We're gonna get along down the river. <laughs> he's gonna be on Duck Dynasty next time. They're gonna remake it, and that's what's gonna happen. Brian Kelly, is that you? <laughs> he's gonna have a beard. He's gonna be in camo. He's gonna coach the first game in camo. I guarantee it. Oh no, no! Now you now you know he's embraced the culture. He's gonna be in camo purple, and he's gonna have like craw, like shrimp and crawfish on the sideline. Like that's what's gonna happen. Well, he's making almost a hundred million dollars. Well, I hope we don't. I hope we never damn experience that. I kind of want to see it now. Now that I've brought I mean, it okay, up, okay, maybe like maybe for a weekend. <laughs> but <laughs> is that what you want to see trot out every weekend for maybe like the next five years? I want to see when they're like five and four and they, and they play Alabama or whatever at the time. And he just comes out and that like, this will distract Nick Saban. This will get him. <laughs> Do the uh, Kirby smart overthinking, but like with a lot more props. Yes. <laughs> I can foresee all of that. Yes.
and I kind of want to see it. And then I want to see Nick Saban go shake his hand and say, you dumbass. Uh, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> or he calls he goes up and says, Who's your daddy? Like, welcome to the SEC. Like, who's your daddy? <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. Uh, oh man. Well, to wrap it up, we think the Bears have a chance against the Seahawks. I, I think you're right. Yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. There is a chance that they will get to five wins. I think it can happen. Right now, there's a 73% chance of the Seahawks winning. Ooh. That's huge. That's big. If they beat the Rams, that's pretty big. As we've already established, this is pre-recorded. So, like, it doesn't matter that I just hinted that they're still playing right now. It doesn't matter. Holidays, leave me alone. I have to do things this weekend. It is. So you, Steve. Christmas is on Saturday. What do you want us all to do? Like, leave me alone. Okay. Until Japan pays me $300,000, I'm going to this is pre recorded. Japan, get your yen. So they pay me that money and buy me a house. This is going to be pre recorded. <laughs> or until some big mega fan duel deal comes down the pipe. Well, don't we all wish we were Pat McAfee? Can't all get those deals. Aaron Rodgers, when they did that, he was like, I hope you guys are going to be taken care of for three years. And Pat McAfee goes, oh, the amount of money we're getting, we better be longer than three years. And he's like, that money's going to last more than three years. Going to be coasting. <laughs> I would retire. I'd be like, I'm done. Oh, dude, I, I could only wish. I, I would. I'd be ecstatic. <laughs> I would do another pod. I'd do podcast for like another year. I'm like, I'm done. I can retire. (laughs) Would you look at the time? (laughs) Guess uh, I I have to go now. (laughs) Where are you going? To my island that I bought. (laughs) Away from you guys. I've done my time. (laughs) Dude, you've only been working for like 12 years. Exactly. (laughs) It's fine. I'm going to go hang out with Matt Nagy on the island that we've deserted him to. Uh No, our feelings, right? You're a good people person. You're just not a good coach. <laughs> well, just like uh, Big Cat from Barstool, he's like, every time Andy Dalton does something good, he goes, Andy Dalton's a nice guy. That's all they say. Like, he's a nice guy. <laughs> he's a nice guy. So is Matt Nagy. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He's just not, not, just not a good coach. <laughs> not good for the Bears. Exactly. Times need to be a change in Steve. Well, all the way up. Well, we're, we're getting on the hour. I have to wrap it up because StreamYard's stupid. That's, yeah. that's why. Yeah. Uh, but uh, thank you for coming on. If you guys are watching this, like I said, it's pre-recorded. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. It's pre-recorded. <laughs> if you stay tuned, Zach will be right back for fourth and four. I will be right back. Because he wasn't Maybe there last in a time. different outfit, too. He'll <laughs> be different. I don't think you were there last time. No, no. Actually, last. So, yeah, last week, I'll quickly say this. Last week, couldn't make it. Let's just say my weekend was busier than usually is. So, I'll be back. This one, I guarantee it. Otherwise, it'll be really weird if I have to cancel in a pre-recorded show. During a pre-recorded show, I'll be like, where the hell is this guy going? <laughs> promises, promises. Not ever being made by Zach Kyleman. <laughs> Well, yeah. Oh, he's wearing the same shirt. This isn't this. this he, or he's wearing different Even clothes. more weird. Like, <laughs> what? Did he wash it? <laughs> wash That's the it mystery. The That's the mystery. <laughs> All right. Well, video version. Stay tuned. You'll catch fourth and four with Zach and the crew. Thank you guys so much for watching. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. <laughs> 